0: welcome to the second episode of the 138th week of the lunch Pail guys podcast i'm jared podcasting alongside lucas bart wyatt and aiden once again we got an episode of some fun stuff we got some draft class power rankings and a little bit of wimbledon talk a little sneak peek um let's start with the draft tennis. class power rankings though um we were talking about earlier this week baker mayfield and sam darnold uh now being on the same team and they were the First and third picks in their draft classes in 2018. It's clear scouting is not a perfect science. Uh, so with the power of hindsight and a, a bit of forecasting, admittedly, let's power rank the NFL quarterback draft classes from 2010 to 2021. I thought it would be kind of funny to put in the 2022 class, but we're not going to rank somebody that hasn't played a game yet. So. Um, well, we will. <laughs> we will eventually. Well, we will. Bart, this one.
1: This one? We, have, we <laughs> have to rank. I mean, the
0: 2021
1: draft class yeah 2021 we are dra- doing but not 20 oh they you know played, i did have not played i thought ones. i wrote down the can you pick it one yeah i didn't do that never mind
0: <laughs> okay good <laughs> bart you have the first overall pick who's the best draft class since 2010
2: yeah in my mind there's a clear number one and it is 2012 yep for the mm-hmm. listeners yep. who don't remember okay yep. i'm glad <laughs> there's alignment on this at least that's russell wilson andrew luck rg3 ryan tannehill Kirk cousins Our guy, Nick Foles, uh, pretty pretty solid class, to say the least. Um, They have both peak success and longevity, which is why I think they belong here, because they have two separate Super Bowl champs in Mm -hmm. Russ and our guy, Nick Foles. Um, Mm -hmm. And then Russ obviously also made another Super Bowl, which is also impressive. They have six separate guys who made Pro Bowls, which is double any other class. And like three of those guys at least... Russell, uh, Tannehill and Kirk are still like very relevant starters, not even just backups, but very relevant starters right now. Um, and that's not even like talking about how many um, just like the, the raw counting stats that they have, which are also really impressive. So I think that this class definitely belongs at number one. All right. Perfect. Wyatt, we got it too.
1: This one was really tough. I'm between two classes. I'm gonna lean more towards the twenty seventeen draft class. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and honorable mention Taysom Hill. Uh, I know that Mitch Trubisky never really panned out, uh, but Patrick Mahomes might be in the running for the most talented quarterback we've ever seen. If you take all of the accomplishments from another the other class, draft class I was rivaling with, the 2018 draft class, if you take all of their accomplishments, you know, the big ones, put them together, Patrick Mahomes has done that. He's an MVP. He threw fifty touchdowns. He threw five thousand yards. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's been to multiple Super Bowls already. He has been a fantastic player. And Deshaun Watson, in his time so far in Houston, had been just as spectacular. A lot of people would would say he was a top five quarterback at that time. So as far as like the top end goes, I think that the twenty seventeen draft class takes it for me. But Aiden, what do you think? Number three.
3: But can I have a, put in a comment on 2017 before we move yeah. on? Yes. I think it's the most overrated draft class. What? And I think it's we're we're genuinely just letting Mahomes speak for the entire
1: draft. Class. Well, it's top heavy.
3: Class. Yeah, but that means it doesn't mean it's a good class. It just means it has the best. Quarterback yeah, but most draft classes
1: don't have like multiple people that are fantastic. So some well, some
2: have none, which we'll get to. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah.
3: I, mean, I mean, I had it fifth on my big board. Oh wow, think, that
1: like, would have been that would have been interesting.
0: The All jury's hey, oh, the jury's still out on Trubisky. <laughs> he's
4: gonna learn behind. He's still a starting he, quarterback. Deshaun you know, no, no. oh, Kaiser yeah. is gonna uh, return yeah, <laughs>
3: former projected number one overall pick Deshaun Kaiser. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. Oh, um. Yeah, Aiden. Sorry, third third ranked <laughs> class right there. What do you think?
4: Right, maybe this is too early to say this, but I I have 2020 there. Wow. Oh. Mm. And I think to some degree that's because of the proven talent there. You have Joe Burrow, who's already been to a Super Bowl, has really only had like one healthy season, um, has no time to throw the ball, and is already elite. And I think Justin Herbert's already elite too. Uh, so that kind of gives you two straight-up elite QBs already. And then some guys who will see if they prove themselves at some point. And by some guys, I mean, to, uh, Jalen Hurts was solid last year. Who knows, maybe Jordan Love will, will, you know, blossom once Aaron Rodgers retires at 43 or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I, I have them, I think to some degree I'm ranking them this high because there are talents that I'm not sure on yet. Whereas other years in the past, we do have the luxury of being like, I'm pretty confident that guy is not turning around. Yeah, Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm, Fromm, Jacob Eason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the big names. (laughs) Relive those Georgia glory days. Fourth rounder, (laughs) Uh, James Morgan to the (laughs) Jets. Yeah, yeah. that's huge. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I I have 2020 at three. All right, fair. Uh, Lucas, four, what do you say?
3: I'm going to go 2018. I think next 2018 is headlined by... Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and Mason Rudolph are like the top. <laughs> of the five guys. That Mason Rudolph in the same breath. All right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, for everyone, I just wrote down the five quarterbacks I thought I made the most impact. Mason Rudolph is definitely a distant fifth to the other four guys who were listed, but he's on there. He got whacked in the head with a helmet probably deservedly <laughs> after what he said. So that is a that is a highlight. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the, the top two in the class are. By far, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson already has an MVP. Um, He hasn't maybe quite reached those levels since his MVP season, but he's, I think, think a top 10 quarterback in the NFL at this point. I know ESPN didn't rank him as such, but I think I strongly disagree with that. Lamar Jackson has proved himself since entering the league. Josh Allen, I think, maybe top three quarterback in the NFL at this point. I think there's a fair argument to be made that he would have a Super Bowl if Pat Mahomes... Uh, didn't exist, but unfortunately <laughs> for Josh Allen, he does. Uh, but I think he is a case to have like a long, like really successful career for ten years in the league, and then you know our guy Baker, who we talked about um, earlier this week on the episode, who I think has like gotten caught up in a lot of the the like politics of the Browns and stuff like that. But I think showed real flashes of being good in um, 2020, um, and so I think he has a chance, and I think he will be a solid starter of the Panthers. So yeah, 2018 I think is like pretty consistent among at least the top three and we'll see how sam darnold turns out but i don't know how i, I hope for that one <laughs> yeah. we'll see yeah well, we saw lots of people
0: are still very high on it so we-
3: <laughs> yeah we'll see Jared, you? who's at five
0: uh this is where i think it gets tough i thought i felt like the top four were pretty clear for me mm-hmm. and then it gets kind of tough from here but i feel like if you have listened to the show I, you might know who i'm gonna pick i'm gonna do the 2016 class with jared goff carson wentz and dak prescott I went, there was a couple other, two other classes particularly I was considering here, but I kind of went with like more of the collection of this class rather than like their top line achievements necessarily. Not to say there isn't top line achievements though. There's a Super Bowl win for Carson Wentz. Yes, he didn't play, but Super Bowl win. A Super Bowl appearance for Jared Goff. Future Super Bowl appearance for Dak Prescott and perennial MVP committed <laughs> there too. <so. laughs> no, but Dak, Dak is a solid NFL quarterback. Um, I think we can all admit. Um, so I think because of, like, all of them just being solid, like three pretty solid quarterbacks, like Carson Wentz obviously has kind of fallen off a cliff, but he had an MVP-like season in that year they went to the Super Bowl. So I will say 2016 class here at five.
3: It's purely your Dak love. There's no way 2016 is that high. Okay, well, I, I, I don't, I'll, I'll, I'll hear no, the – so yeah, I had
2: 2016 next, so yeah, you, I don't hate that personally. <clears throat>
0: thank you. I had him sixth
1: uh, as well, I think.
0: Okay, see, like they're right there.
4: Adams I had it maybe I had it
3: ninth.
4: Lucas, you're wanna hear of Lucas's yeah, rankings. Exactly. Adam yeah, yeah, I'll <laughs> give it at
3: the end. <laughs> um
0: yeah, Bart, you're next. Sixth. What do you got?
2: I got twenty eleven. Yeah. Uh that's yeah. Mm-hmm. Cam, Andy Dalton, Cap, uh Tyrod Taylor. I have to give a shout out to my guy Christian Ponder, who was trash, but he tried his best and he <laughs> I have a soft spot. Blaine the Gabbard of the bikes.
1: Splaine Gabbard Blaine? as well.
2: I I didn't want to give him love, but yes, Blaine Gabbard as well. Jake Locker, <laughs> if we want to go there. Yep. Um, <laughs> Jake Locker written down. on My oh, too. Yeah. I mean, anyway, anyway, anyways, there, so. um, yeah. I think. Well, first of all, they're relevant because Cam obviously has an MVP, which I think is like relevant. There's very few of these classes that actually produced an MVP at all. You have uh, two Super Bowl appearances right between Cam and Cap as well. And I also just mm-hmm. want to give love to the guys like the Andy Daltons and mm-hmm. the Tyrod Taylors of the world who are never like elite mm-hmm. per se but they just keep hanging around and they're always mm-hmm. serviceable starters or maybe backups now but what's up with I
1: was, they both led to the the bills to the playoffs. The,
2: the <laughs> <laughs> Small world. One way or the other. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Small world. Um yeah, so yeah, I just This is another one of those where it's like maybe it's not super top-heavy, but it's more of a widespread uh, talent in this class. So I'm going with 2011 at 6. Wyatt, who are you taking at 7?
1: I think I've made that joke like three times now about Andy Dalton leading (laughs) the Bills to the playoffs.
2: It gets better every time. No, it it ages
1: pretty well, right? (laughs) People want it, yeah. I think my next up is the 2021 draft class. Everybody else, all my other oh, classes have been taken before. Look, I'm I'm on the right side of history right now. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, <laughs> Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Davis Mills. All I think are going to be pretty Davis decent. Davis start- Mills? Yeah, Plus, Davis Thrills. Uh, you forgot Davis Max. Davis Mills. Davis Thrills <laughs> will be a starting quarterback for the next. He'll make it to the end of his rookie contract. I'll say that. Unless, <laughs> unless the Texans somehow find a way to get C.J. or Bryce Young, I think that he's. I think that he's a pretty decent starting quarterback, and we just didn't look at him as much because he didn't play that much in college, or at least for that long. But I look. I think that Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are going to be really great players cut down the road. Zach Wilson and, and Trey Lance are up in the air for me. Everyone knows I love Justin Fields, but I'm going to be on the right side of history. I think that the 2021 draft class is going to age really well when we revisit this next year. Kyle Trask. Yeah,
0: didn't
3: hear his name. But... Mm-hmm. Who? <laughs>
1: Kyle Trask. Yeah,
3: oh, whatever. We have a whole episode named after yeah, the
2: man. That's true. So you know,
0: there
3: you <clears> go. go. Uh, Aiden,
2: what uh, about
4: yeah. number eight? uh So I've got 2014 at this point, which I think is a pretty serviceable draft class to have at number eight. Mm. To be honest, no like huge stars, but Derek Carr was at 36. Derek Carr is like a, I don't know where he falls, but top 12 QB in the NFL currently. 10. Uh, <laughs> 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 maybe close um we got teddy bridgewater who is for years at least been serviceable again is the word he's he's been good uh, or good enough to like retain a starting position for a lot of years jimmy g who is a winner we you know we love a winner on the show and you know maybe (laughs) maybe he'll keep winning this season if trey lance isn't ready uh besides that there's not that much to tell like the top two are blake bortles and johnny Manziel, which (laughs) Honestly, Johnny like, football. I did not realize that Derek Carr and Johnny Manziel and, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo were drafted in the same year. Mm-hmm. Johnny Manziel feels like he was drafted, like, 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wild yeah. out <laughs> immediately. Um, you know, Drake makes a song about you, and then it's then it's over. Mm. Um, but, um, <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's, a like, an okay draft class. No huge stars, but some solid talent. Is, is being a winner, like, the new age
2: blue collar? Is, is that it means that your stats aren't good but <laughs> <winner>. <laughs> i like the idea but that. technically your win loss record yeah, is you're a blue it, it is chipper kind of blue collar
4: yeah yeah, yeah. blue
0: chipper yeah <laughs> lucas what about number nine
3: i think i think that like i'm gonna choose 2019 because i think that like it has the best quarterback of any of the many classes daniel jones like kyler murray oh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> daniel <what's> jones <laughs> The king. Hey, that man can run. So I mean, that that's gotta give. Well, him how he hit like
1: 26 ball. miles per hour on that one run, 90. 90- yeah, that's, yeah, fast. that's crazy.
3: I, I couldn't do that. I could be. Uh, I could be Daniel Jones in the foot <laughs> <so. laughs>
0: Yeah,
3: we'll see. If he's in his pads and I don't have pads, then maybe. You know? <laughs> but <laughs> but that aside, I mean, Kyler Murray has been an excellent quarterback for the Cardinals. Um, you know, he struggled a little bit late in seasons and stuff like that. But I think overall, he's been a good pick at number one. And maybe the king of the draft, one Gardner Minshew, oh, yeah. um, who has made at least a cultural impact on the NFL <laughs> in a very positive way. And these are factors we have to consider as we get down towards these like horrific draft classes at the end. And so like 2019 has you know Kyler Murray has been a good quarterback for the Cardinals, Gardner Minshew who's you know an icon, and then Drew Locke who will be the starting quarterback for the Seahawks <laughs> next year. So, 2020 is, is Dark this... Horse
0: MVP candidate. Yeah, I, I do regret saying that,
3: but it's fine. Um, see, yeah, I said great so. Yeah. Hey, twenty draft class. All our Dark Horse That's MVPs. Crazy. So. Oh, boy.
0: All right, I got the 10th pick. Um, the bottom, the last three are pretty easy. And 2015 goes here for me, which is headlined by Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. Uh, as well Gar- as well as Garrett Grayson from my hometown mm-hmm. Vancouver, um, woo. Still like Winston and Mariota were like solid players in the league. Like Mariota might be a starter for the Falcons, right? Um, the jury's still out on Jameis Winston post Lasik. We haven't really seen that yet. <laughs> so uh, they're still in the league, you know. You can shoot him up, definitely...
1: you know, three or four numbers on here post Lasik, Jameis Winston. <laughs> yeah, I really yeah, could if you at we re
0: reevaluate re- this. Um. But, yeah, I feel like there's not really anything noteworthy past that. And, again, like the top, the best quarterback in any other class already named is definitely better than these two. So I'll go with 2015 at 10. You're
3: telling me Brett uh, Hundley didn't make an impression on
0: you? Uh, you know, he he almost
4: did. But, no, didn't quite get there. <laughs> no. Trevor Simeon? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs>
0: didn't he, like, replace – didn't he relieve Ian Book uh, in that yeah. game where
4: he, like, did really
1: terrible? Yeah.
4: I think he did. He did, yeah. Relieving Ian guys. Buck is uh, that's a he, tough spot. He was also, he was <laughs> like the
1: play caller when Sean Payton was out, I'm pretty sure. That Trevor Simeon was the guy who had, like, was he? he was doing the hand signals, I think. Oh.
0: <laughs> All right, good for him. Uh, 11, Bart. We got two more classes left. He was the second worst class well, since 2010.
2: I, I honestly am envious of Wyatt that he gets to do 2013. I'm leaving 2013 for Wyatt. I'll do 2010. <laughs> But both of them are trash. Like, like Jared just said, we're at the bottom of the barrel with these last three, so it's, I, I get to critique and not try to present <laughs> an argument for why they were good. <laughs> this class, for those who don't remember, had Sam Bradford, Colt McCoy, and Tim Tebow. Otherwise, you're looking at names like John Skelton, Jimmy Clausen, Rusty Smith, Mike Ooh. Kafka. Just awful. <laughs> awful all around. I mean, really, there are two relevant quarterbacks, and only Tim Tebow is barely relevant. This, the biggest knock against this class that I saw is that it had the most quarterbacks who were out of the league within four years. <laughs> Ten of their quarterbacks were out of, the league, out of the league within four years, which is over three-fourths of the class. It's nuts. Just a terrible draft class. The, the two redeeming qualities for me here, which is why I don't put them below 2013, Tim Tebow's playoff win against the Steelers, iconic, and the fact that Sam Bradford did play for eight years and he set the single-season completion percentage record one season. Drew Brees then promptly broke it, but still. It's interesting. So, yeah, otherwise, terrible draft class. All right, Wyatt, well, sound off on, on 2013 for us.
1: Feel free to chime in too, Bart, it sounds like you got a lot to say. When, but if we, Prior to doing research to this, and if you're somebody out there listening, name one person in the 2013 draft class. <laughs> I, I, I think that as a listener, and if I didn't look it up, I probably couldn't do it. E.J. Manuel, this it, kind of emulates the, the current draft class. He wasn't picked up, pick 16. E.J. Manuel, Geno Smith, Mike Glennon. Those are the three names <laughs> of the most notable guys, and Geno Smith is the only one who has a chance at being a starting quarterback right now. They, are, they have all been almost career backups up to this point. None of them have even been good backups up to this point. And I think the, the highlight of everyone's career is Geno Smith's, like, one game with the Seahawks last year. I think that was the most hope he's ever given fans in his entire career. <clears throat>
0: <laughs> Getting punched in the locker room. <laughs> exactly.
4: Some fans, some hope. That's what he's most famous for? Yeah,
3: that's what I remember. I forgot Matt Barkley, who oh. made some appearances for the Eagles at one point. Ryan Nassib, you know, just great guys.
1: Yeah. Gino Smith threw 12 to 21 TD to inter- interception ratio uh, a ratio as a rookie. 12 yeah, touchdowns nice. to 21 interceptions. That's, he was a jet, yeah, right? He was Yeah, He was a jet yeah, it, yeah.
2: <laughs> it was a great time. Wasn't Peyton's below? one in
4: this rookie season two. Yeah, 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 yeah probably was yeah. the classic like comeback story of that. Gino Smith, I Peyton Manning really was still like back. a prodigy
1: at that <laughs> yeah. like coming yeah, out yeah, of I mean, college. Yeah, it's like Trevor Lawrence not the same. at that point. Yeah, way different. <laughs> uh,
4: yeah. The, the how many stat, how many of these
0: classes did the did the Jets draft a quarterback? Would be my dude, question.
4: Well actually it's just okay, it's Gino and um Zach Wilson. Obviously Sam Darnold.
2: Zach Wilson,
4: yeah. So oh yeah, Zach three. Wilson. Zach Wilson.
0: Three. They probably drafted like a fifth that's, rounder. In a couple. That's of pretty guys. bad.
4: And those are all early round picks. So yeah. That's the thing. Like mm-hmm. a lot of these other like picks, I feel like are uh, six and or five, six, seven, or it doesn't matter. <laughs> the Jets were picking them high, and um, I don't think it worked. So I'm gonna. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe maybe Zach has found his muse now, um, in his. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Mom's best friend or whatever it is, and it'll totally change <laughs> his performance. Yeah, will be
1: yep, way different.
4: Bart, what's you are gonna
0: throw out a
2: stat? Uh, oh yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is the only class since twenty ten that produced zero playoff appearances. It's absurd. <laughs> it's absurd. Like that can you even crazy. imagine.
0: Yeah, that is crazy.
1: That's what I'm saying? Think of one person in this draft class. You probably you probably can't think of a single career highlight out of any of their careers. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, it's... Also, yeah. Good. Go ahead, yeah. Aiden.
4: No, just just a correction. The Jets also selected Christian Hackenberg. I forgot. Uh, oh, how um, could you forget? Second round. Oh, could yeah. you oh for, how could wow. Christian Hackenberg? I know he left such an impression. Is, is he yeah, playing baseball now or something like yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, I feel like he uh, was a baseball player. He was uh, yeah. a... Let's see. Um, anyway, we could... Can... Probably play some <laughs> yeah. Orioles. I remember <laughs> Christian awesome. Hackenberg. You're right, was though, yeah. Yeah. Yeah he he announced that he would be transitioning to baseball in 2020 and there's no news since (laughs) and that's where the wikipedia ends right there yeah (laughs) Yeah,
3: exactly um him tebow a lot of baseball transition guys yeah exactly the
4: jets love those baseball transition oh yeah they're like on the jets like oh god i gotta switch sports yeah
1: now, if we rank the yeah, tight end draft we- classes, 2010 might be a little higher up here, you know? Tim Tebow kind of skyrocketing that group. That's <laughs> yeah. true. They're, look, this is subject to change over the next couple of years. Uh, it is. 2015 draft class post-LASIK, post-LASIK Jameis, shoot you up two spots. Stacey's mom, Zach Wilson, could shoot him up a couple spots as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, Panthers quarterback, Sam Darnold, could shoot you up a couple spots. You never know. You never know what's going to happen. That's true. No matter who plays also, for that 2018 class, it's going up.
3: <laughs> I found a little bit more Hackenberg news too. He is now the quarterbacks coach for a um, for a high school in Camden, New Jersey. So,
0: there yes. you go. He never left New Jersey. Probably gonna dominate too. Yeah. Alrighty, <clears throat> we're gonna conclude our final episode of the uh, our final segment of the episode and of the week. A little bit of Wimbledon talk, which the Wimbledon championship just wrapped up this weekend for our lunch pale guys, listeners who have patiently been waiting for us to discuss on court (laughs) tennis play. Sadly, today's not that day. (laughs) We are going to be discussing though, the spectacle of Wimbledon. It's a very bougie, very unique event. There's certain expectations, uh, no official expectations, but kind of like cultural expectations of how spectators should behave and dress in light of that. We're going to ask everybody which sporting event you feel like you would feel most out of place at, kind of based on, like, the expectations of spectators and, like, the game, all that stuff. Uh, We're going to go in the same order as the draft, actually, Uh, or as the power rankings. So, Bart, you're going first. Which sporting event would you feel most out of place at? You
2: think? Uh, I appreciate you putting me first again because I I knew I would be able to take this one. For me, again, it's a clear-cut number one, just like with the 2012 class. I'm going with the Campeonato Argentino Abierto de Polo. Uh, oh, that's right. I'm talking. I'm talking about the Argentine Open Polo Championship, mm-hmm. and this is not a joke. Like this is actually my answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, that's only the most relevant international club level polo tournament <laughs> in the world. So, why <laughs> why do I say this? Firstly, because it would be like me at a baseball game and that I I would have no idea what's going on in terms of the sport. Like, I still get mixed up on the count sometimes, which one is the ball count, which one's the strike count. So it would be like that, times 100. And then secondly, you might think, okay, well, Bart, you can just teach yourself while you're watching, but like, it's in Argentina and I don't speak Spanish. So that's problematic. I wouldn't be able to talk to people and ask questions. And assuming there are live commentators, I wouldn't understand a word of what they were saying either. And then lastly, on the topic of, Uh, Bougie-ness and expectations, I think this fits the bill as well. I think polo is definitely arguably the most pretentious sport in the world. (laughs) It's definitely up there. Um, In my research, I discovered that polo ponies are some of the most expensive horses to own and maintain, which is one thing. And then literally on the U.S. polo website, they say that historically, (laughs) spectators used polo events to express themselves fashionably. Which is, like, if you can, if you can think of a pr- more pretentious way to say dress nicely, I'm all ears. <laughs> oh, and then the funny thing was it literally says on that site, if you are not sure what to wear, call the clubhouse first. So that, to me, like, speaks volumes. I am not comfortable attending sporting events where you might not be allowed in because you didn't think to call ahead and ask what kind of happened. So combine all that with the fact that it's literally nicely dressed, people chasing a ball on horses, and I would feel out of place at the argentine open polo championship that's my answer wyatt what that's are a you doing
4: good stuff yeah
3: not gonna be the for the last polo answer i can confirm that oh so. <laughs>
4: beautiful
1: not gonna be the last horse answer either i picked the kentucky derby i i think i would have a good time at the, the kentucky derby sit so next to aaron Rodgers. i probably bet on some horses I'd have a good time but the oversized floral hats that the women's wear uh the huge loud patterns the fancy attempts at like new age suits just aren't really for me. It's like, it's like old age British, uh, like rich British type look, and it's not really something I can get down with. It's either like the worst ad- adaptation of cowboy fashion, or like you look like you were just straight blasted out of eighteen thirty, and <coughs> they're all sitting next to each other. I probably just wear like a nice sweater, but even then, I'd be way out of place. <laughs>
3: Yeah. I don't think I would fit into the Kentucky Derby. I think I'd have fun. Be I think I'd have uh, a good
1: time, but
4: Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like no one would I don't know, a lot of people there would not remember the next day that you weren't oh. dressed like you're from the eighteen thirties, you know. I feel like <laughs> people there are a bit a bit lit. But <laughs> know,
0: yeah, sure. they are. Uh Aiden, be... how about the, how about yours?
4: <laughs> um this is loosely a sporting event. Um but I'm going with the running of the bulls, uh okay. which is timely. Um... Because the running of the Bulls is actually this week. Fun fact. Oh, wow. Uh, things I learned Time this is. week. Yeah, I know. Um, and also, other things I learned. They aren't satisfied with one running of the Bulls. Like, that's not enough for people of uh, Pamplona. <laughs> it happens during a nine day festival of San Fermines, which stretches from July 6th to the 14th. And they have runnings of the Bulls every day from the 7th to the 14th. So you have plenty of opportunities. That's crazy. Um, to do this yeah for our listeners we're actually doing this broadcast live from um, so if you hear screams in the background just know that people willingly entered this um, they thought it would be a good story um, but anyway um, anyways the running of the bulls was canceled in 2020 and 2021 so the bulls have been waiting for this i feel like they've been prepping um, or they've in the gym. You know, kind of figured that people had finally figured out that this was a bad idea and then like oh we're doing this again um and and aside on that is i feel like it's funny for the running of the bulls to be canceled due to covid for the organizers to be like you know like holding the running of the bulls this year would be a risk to public safety (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. i guess we won't do it um but anyway as for why i wouldn't fit in here like you might say aiden you won the spanish award at your middle school so of course toros. Uh, But I'm pretty sure I'd be out of place. I I think Bulls sense fears. They'd find me. They'd hunt me down. They probably also sense Americans. I already saw a headline this week. The reason why I thought of it in the first place was I saw a headline that Florida man gored during running of the Bulls, uh, which was inevitable. So, you know, once they catch up (laughs) to me and my average speed, it's over. You know, there's no muscle or fat. On my body to protect them. Um, <laughs> it's so, just yeah, exactly. Right the from the could be organ just... <laughs> it's, it's done. It's easy for him. Um, so so anyway, uh, but in case I ever have to do the running against my will, I did look up a guide for how to do it online, which gave me insightful advice like do it sober. I was like, thanks. Um, was good <laughs> I <so>. wear good <laughs> um, shoes. But... <laughs> Like... but anyway i think yeah good shoot. <laughs> um uh, but but yeah i th- I think i would feel out of place there
3: it's <laughs> understandable
4: yeah.
0: yeah do you think lucas uh, oh no go ahead bart. No. no bart go
2: ahead uh, i was just gonna do you think there's a, a betting market a local betting market for this uh like Probably. how many people will get I'm gored, sure. or like which bowl will be the most <laughs> goring
4: That guy, he looks like yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What are the number of like gores per year too in the running
3: of the bulls? It's it's
4: not small. I saw that this year they're already like five or something. Which what? What's Uh, the date? We're think we only have two days left. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The no one has died since I think it was like 2008 or something. So that's that's good. It's a good streak. We like we like to see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: Lucas, what about your event?
3: Well, I'm bringing it back to the horses, I'm bringing it back to polo, but I'll be uncomfortable at a different polo event than Bart. I'm going to go with the Cartier Queen's Cup Polo Competition. I'm going to go with a few reasons here. Um, It's held in England every single year. Uh, First and foremost, I would be uncomfortable uh, because I'm allergic to horses, and so it would just be an overall not fun experience for me. But in addition to that, there's all the other things that go along with polo. Bart mentioned a lot of them, but I'll I'll highlight a few others. Um, Just for me specifically, I don't know the rules of polo. Uh, Again, it's just like rich people on horses hitting the ball with the stick is like my impression of it. And that doesn't sound super fun to me to watch. Uh, I like Bart mentioned the dress codes and I just think I couldn't do that. I'm not like fabulously wealthy, like so many of those people. And so like, I feel like I would just feel out of place. And there are other polo tournaments in the world. Um, but I feel like this one, as it's in Britain, would make me feel most out of place because I feel like there's just like a level of like aristocracy there that like is in American. You know, I'm not a big fan of aristocracy, and so I don't <laughs> understand. And so I think I would feel out of place for that reason too. So in addition to all the things that Bart mentioned, um, yeah, I would just feel very out of place at any polo competition, but specifically the Cartier Queens Cup Polo Competition. <laughs> I love
0: that you guys got super specific, as well maybe i can get specific with mine mine's a little i feel like you wouldn't expect this mine's first off the only one that doesn't involve animals right (laughs) everybody else is involved (laughs) animals these are just people um but sitting with the ultras at a european soccer match i'll say greece because i've heard those are pretty wild uh i went to a soccer game in rome and they weren't even playing like a big rival or anything as far as i know i think it was like milan or whatever so it probably was a tame event but I, like, genuinely was, like, feared for my safety a couple times. Like, they were throwing out flares all the time. Super loud, like, homemade fireworks or whatever the heck they were throwing out there. And they were just going the entire thing. Like, if you're, like, kind of, like, one of them, I'm sure it would be fun. But I'm definitely not one of them. I don't really know soccer at all. Um, and I don't need to see that again. So I probably will never be go to another European soccer match again. Um, I, I, was, like, I was, like, I'm actually kind of scared here. Um, it was, like, kind of happy to leave so that that'd be mine right there
3: i'm gonna be honest jared that would be one of my like top three ones i i I I figured that would be some
0: people's up there i would be up there for them
3: yeah yeah i saw liverpool which is like somewhat more tame than other fans um but i had so i thought it was so cool like it's just wild but the flares are scary like i'll admit that yeah like just like being around that and stuff and sometimes they'll get thrown onto the pitch and everything not good yeah not good
0: Anybody have honorable mentions? I thought of one like while you guys were talking. Go for it. Okay, it, this is a very, again a loose definition of sports. This is where I got this from. Aiden is an esports competition. Mm, Would be. Uh, I heard. I've heard that they smell terrible because say, people there and, like don't really shower bad. or whatever. And yeah, <laughs> I don't. I just don't think it'd be that fun to watch people play video games. I do watch people play video games, but like not in like a tournament setting. I feel like that's weird. Like League of Legends. Mm. Don't understand at all what's going on there.
4: <laughs> That's
0: so. Yeah. Is Wimbledon the bougiest sporting event that like we can think of? Is there like yeah. is there more aristocratic sport?
3: Sporting. Event? Yeah, the Monaco Grand Prix.
0: Ooh, you think? Yeah, that is mm. extremely bougie. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. I don't know if the uh, spectators though have the same like decorum, and like.
2: They're on yachts, Jared. Okay, that's like, I don't know. I don't think you can get yeah. more boots. But there's also that. people sitting in the
0: bleachers that are like just wearing a Ferrari T-shirt. Where, I don't know. Where, I guess
2: where, where, there are where did they bring Tony Stark and Iron Man
4: two? Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. To, to the mm-hmm. Monaco Grand mm-hmm. Prix, and he's rich. Yeah, yep. they did. Yep, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like like Wall-on? Wimbledon's. Yeah, Wimbledon's. You know, in or thereabouts, London, and there are going to be some like vaguely normal people. I feel like at it. Whereas, like, they, why are you in Monaco unless you're just like super rich? <laughs> that's true. Monaco, but they out. do have a spot uh, just
1: for the Queen at Wimbledon. Like, she has her own section. That's true. That's true. Bonus points that but she, she cool.
4: doesn't at the Monaco Grand Prix. She loves, she loves a good F one. Yeah, no, she would love it. She would love it. <laughs> she, with <laughs> a hearing? Yeah, exactly. With some oh yeah earplugs. <laughs> oh boy.
3: Did the Queen go this year? I feel like she's in like poor health.
1: I don't know. Oh, She's like, invincible. I would have thought that <laughs> yeah. at this point. She'll be back someday. <laughs> yeah. But
3: hey, the, the Monaco Grand Prix, like, it, the yachts there are real, too, unlike the Miami ones. <laughs> yeah. <I think> <laughs> points, too. Well,
0: the yachts might have been re- the boats might have been real, but the water was fake. Yeah. Were yeah, there yeah, real yeah. boats? I don't know, actually. They might have been props, too. Actually, I have no idea. I think they were props,
3: <laughs> but, yeah. No, I think the Monaco Grand Prix is, like, yeah, like, normal people also go to Wimbledon. But I feel like the upper echelon of things, the Monaco Grand Prix is like, I feel like it's just like a show, like it's more of like a show of wealth and an event than an actual sporting competition, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Mm. That's fair. Mm.
0: Last thing we're going to end on. Wimbledon's a very fashionable event. We're just going to kind of go around, like you can say, you can say stuff if you want, but we're going to talk about athletes fashion sense just a bit. I'm going to lead first, first off on this, because I think I was the most interested in this, but. People say athletes can pull off outfits that, like, normal people can't wear, which is true. But to a certain extent, I feel like it's not good fashion if only an athlete can pull it off. I feel like that's not good fashion, in my opinion. So I'm not on board. In terms of worst fashion sense, I'm not a fan of Russell Westbrook, Cam Newton. Like, those are, they're consistently placed on the top of, like, best fashion. I'm not a fan of that stuff at all. For me, my, I gave, like, just a little bit of top five. This is just men's fashion as well, because it. I'm not as qualified to speak about women's fashion, but LeBron James, I think he mm. looks great in suits. Like suits and sunglasses is kind of his, some Tom Ford sunglasses, and that's kind of his casual look, Tom Ford suit, too. I feel like that's like his classic look, but he looks really good, too, in casual stuff, too. So, LeBron James is up there. David Beckham was at a Wimbledon. He had a nice little uh, double breasted suit, uh, brown, like, or not suit, but brown coat, which looked really nice. He also looks good in, like, jeans and just, like, even just, like, jeans and a T-shirt. He's also, like, got good physique, so that makes you look good. I think he's up there. One name that was not on my um, radar before, but after researching, was ranked, like, number one on multiple lists is Victor Cruz, actually. So, former athlete. Mm. But he, he has, like, a very wide range of fashion from, like, casual to, like, just a straight-up suit. And if you look look up some of his outfits, I'm, like... They're like athlete-y in a way, but I'm like, no, I I could see somebody wearing this too. Uh, Last two are like the obvious ones, like Cristiano Ronaldo, also just like really good fashion, looks great in suits, casual wardrobe. And Roger Federer, I think is like the most classic, like athlete, like classic style that you can think of. Um, So those are going to be my top five right there. LeBron, David Beckham, Victor Cruz, Ronaldo, and Federer. (laughs)
3: <laughs> i am um, i'm gonna throw out lewis hamilton i i thought I, you lewis might hamilton i think lewis hamilton's got great jerk i'll say i really oh, okay. just like i would i could never pull off what he does see what but i think he like a- executes well i don't think that like just an athlete could pull it off either like i think okay i think he just pulls it off really well and like i think i disagree a little bit about with you i think somebody can have really good fashion in the sense that like they pull off things in a way that only they can and that's good fashion. And I think Lewis Hamilton is up there. Like, I don't know. Just, like, scroll. Like, Google Lewis Hamilton fashion. There's some things it's, and I'm like, yeah.
0: It's just too mm. out there for me. It's, like, a lot of oversized clothing from what I'm looking at right now. Thank I like a sunglasses you. choice, personally. I like that, but. My first thought after that,
2: reading this question, Jared, was Kyle Kuzma's big pink sweater. You want to talk about oversized? <laughs> it's like it's literally yeah. maybe the worst single piece of article, like article of clothing I've seen at a No, ever.
4: we we can top that with the Serge Ibaka scarf. Anyone see that one? Oh my gosh, I'm looking at mm-hmm. it's a yes, scarf that goes yeah, it goes down to like his ankles, maybe of the ankles of a seven foot something man. Wow, it's, it's rough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there, there it is, there go. it is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> scarf off is one of the. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so I, I agree with you, Jared, that I feel like athletes get a pass, and we applaud them for just being weird when it's like not yeah. like there's a fine line between weird and novel, but still functional. <laughs> but, like I, I don't know.
0: Oh my gosh, Kyle Kuzma's pink sweater is atrocious. I'm saying, oh, hey. yeah,
3: it's awful. <laughs> what the heck?
0: Yeah, see, yeah, you're you're right, Bart. Thank you. No, a lot of people agree with Lucas's thinking too, though. So. No, no. I'm, I'm... Yeah. <laughs> <It's, there's laughs> so a,
3: I saw I um There's a tweet that came up when I searched it, too. That's for every 25 likes this gets. I'll make Kyle Kuzma's <laughs> sweater bigger. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and so. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I love it.
3: And, and it has 47,000 likes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> so do the math on that. <laughs> the last one is just like—I mean, I'm not even gonna scroll all the way down to the last one, but it's like this one, like, his, his sweater above, like, like the city of Budapest. I <laughs> <And> so, like, <laughs> That's so random, too. Look up the look up yeah.
0: Kyle Kuzma pink sweater when you when you when you get a chance. It's it's well worth it. I will say. In terms of women's fashion, though, uh, Kate Middleton always has, like, super, like, on-point fashion sense. She's always, like, a Wimbledon staple, apparently. Noted athlete. Not (laughs) an athlete. No, yeah, not an athlete, but at Wimbledon all the time. Kate Middleton, really good fashion
2: sense. Um, Royalty, aren't they kind of obligated to?
0: Yeah, they have to. (laughs)
2: Uh, Well, you know what else gets bigger with every, like this podcast so yeah. you know what to do yeah <laughs> uh what do you need to do you need to rate us five stars on spotify and apple podcast share with all your friends as always let us know on social media what you enjoyed what you didn't enjoy uh that means twitter instagram tiktok lunch guys underscore thank you again for listening and we will see you back next week